0: DJ PK, time to bring Riley Jensen and our college football insiders on the Sprint special guest line. Get one hundred dollars off the redesigned Apple Watch Four with a new line of service. Visit the local Sprint store near you. Riley, good morning.
1: Good morning, guys. How you doing?
0: We are doing well. Where should we start? Well, why not with the Pac-12 race? It's Utah, it's Oregon. Why should we keep our eyes on this thing for the next three weeks? Can uh, can the country and the conference look away and just look back at the conference title game and find 11-1 Utah and 11-1 Oregon? Or is there a surprise looming out there?
1: Well, I sure, I sure hope there isn't. Um, both for the University of Utah's sake and for the Pac-12's sake, I think it would be... And just super exciting and a, and a really cool thing, just for the state of Utah. If if both teams were able to finish out, I think I think it gets a little bit tricky in the in the fact that I don't want to go against what I've always said, and that is there's always a surprise in the Pac-12, and there's always a slip up, and there's always some sort of weird head scratcher type of game. And certainly, if you're the University of Utah, you need to make sure that you take care of business by literally playing one game at a time, one play at a time, one practice at a time, one rep at a time, because this, you know, psychologically, to me, this is where it gets a little bit tricky. You're in a you're in a place that you haven't been in a while. Now, University of Utah has won plenty of Mountain West Conference championships and WAC championships and those sorts of things, but this is a position where everybody is going to be excited. Everybody's going to be talking to every football player on this team about what their chances are of finishing out the season undefeated, and those sorts of things, and it's going to be it's going to be a, a tall task and a difficult task for coaches to keep those guys focused on on what's going on right now and what's going on today in practice and what's going to happen in the next game. And I, you know, obviously you could say that for for Oregon as well. Those teams, I mean, Pac-12 teams are good football teams. I mean, you look at Oregon State, who everybody thought was going to be terrible, and they're you know they're scoring what fifty-eight points this weekend on on teams, and so you just you just have to be aware that hey, to finish out, even though that was a big game this weekend, there's still really good football teams and really good football players that you're playing against. That if you're not aware, you could slip up.
2: Oh, bull crap! How, yeah. a, why I said bull crap, bull crap Riley. Come I on. You. They're, going I you. they're going to roll they're gonna smoke these teams they could give a B I, effort and win. they're way better. they could put it on <laughs> cruise control and just waltz into Santa Clara on December 6th. What are you talking about? Some so for some reason I see what you're doing here Hey
0: Riley <laughs> hey hey Riley how much how much does Kyle Whittingham hate PK's guts right now?
2: 'Cause he knows it's true.
0: He, he He
1: can't he cannot stand the way PK talking. Now look, I know I know that you want to come at me and I know Gordon Monson would come at me as well and he would say, you know, Oh, come on, that's just Coach Speak Riley, one game at a time, one play at a time. But really it is It's super important that these guys are focused on it. And I know that if if Kyle was listening to you right now, PK, he would be absolutely cringing. Like, please, don't talk to any of my players. Was that kind of an attitude? Yeah, but
2: see, you take it from, oh no, this could go wrong. See, I'm Mr. Positive and always have been. I take it from the angle of, hey, they had this big game against Washington, they expended no, no, a lot no, no, of emotion. No, no. no. Now they'll have a bye week to get ready. This will increase the intensity because now the goal is right there in front of them. Three games to go. So you don't have to worry about one play at a time. Let's take it a half play listen, at a time, let's not go listen, one whole play. Let's just let's just, just huddle Straw up. We'll just get in the huddle, and then after we break the huddle, then we'll, we'll go to the line of scrimmage, and we'll just focus on that. Then when we line up, we'll just focus on that. Then, and come on, they're going to roll now because they see Listen. the goal. Calm
1: yourself down. I'm going to have to start calling you the scarecrow, Mr. Strawman argument. <laughs> this is what I'm trying to tell you. When you take care of the next rep, when you take care of the next practice, when you take care of the next game, it, or when you take care of the next play, that does take care of the next game. That is positivity. That is having a plan. So don't argue against me. We're together here. Stop trying to be divisive. <laughs> We're together. We're both positive. They are going to roll if they take care of the things that are in front of them each day instead of thinking no. about three games
2: ahead. They're going to roll uh, if they unlock the gate. <laughs> Yeah, Kyle hates. Really, you. Kyle that definitely easy. hates you. That yes, easy. have you seen their talent versus the talent that they're playing? <laughs> I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not even
1: arguing anymore. You, you know what this reminds me of? What? It reminds me when I tell my seven year old that it's time to go to bed because it's <laughs> dark outside, and she says it's not dark outside. Guess what? The argument's over because we're not on the same playing field at that point. <laughs>
0: So Kyle never out talks of, over.
2: out of the mouth of babes. Kyle never <laughs> talks about
0: injuries, Riley. But he volunteered in the uh, last media availability that the bye week comes at a great time, and that Tyler Huntley's should be a hundred percent for the UCLA game. If you're the offensive coordinator, how much does that change the uh, the playbook and the play calling? How limited have they been by the fact he's hobbling around, and how much will they change this going forward?
1: Well, I don't think I don't think it changes that much. In fact. <laughs> Tyler was really really tough in the game on Saturday I thought it was one of his more gritty performances and I know he's been banged up before but man I mean some of the hits that he took some of the plays where he put his head down and then some of the plays where he just stood in the pocket and made great throws I mean I don't think it changes that much because number one you need Tyler Huntley to make this run so if you are going to run him, it's going to be selective and it's going to be in a, in a smart way, not in a way that's going to um, expose him to a lot of hits. And then secondly, I just think that the, the game plan that they've had over the last couple of weeks has been really, really good. I'm, I Man, there were some big-time plays and some big-time calls in that game. And I think what I'm enjoying about the University of Utah, and really this is true with any good team, and I'm working with Weaver State a little bit right now, Um, the the teams that are great teams it feels like every single game it's a different person that steps up to win it right like the catch by Nakua and and the catch by Ennis and you know some of the different plays that happen in this game yes it's super important on how good Tyler Huntley's playing and Moss I feel like makes this University of Utah team a totally different team but when you have guys like Nakua and Ennis and and you have Julian Blackman, you know, playing great defense and getting interceptions and, you know, Anai making sacks and, and really just causing trouble on the defense. It's it's fun to watch this University of Utah team because there are so many different players in different games that make different plays that are huge. And I think that's the formula for winning. These guys, these guys are really good, like you were saying, PK, and they are very talented. But I think... The cool thing about it is is nobody really cares about who gets the credit right now. It's just like, okay, who's going to score here? Who's going to make a big play here? And that's, that's it's just really fun to watch right now. It does feel like a special type of team is brewing right now for the University of
2: Utah. Ah, see? So you admit it. So it's special type team. That's not just focusing on the Bruins. You're talking about a team the whole season long and going forward. Special teams
1: deal with the next thing that's in front of them. That's what special teams do.
2: (laughs) I like how he digs (laughs) it.
1: DJ man, I'm feeling your pain this morning, man. this is just this is hard work. This is a hard work.
2: Come on, you can do it. you're a first team all whacker.
1: <laughs> I have been for years.
2: <laughs> uh, what do you think of the differences in BYU's offense the last couple of weeks because obviously it's been way better.
1: Well, one, they played against a terrible defense on Saturday, a, a lifeless defense, defense that looked disoriented. I, Man, I, I was really frustrated. Obviously, there's emotions tied to Utah State. I felt like there were certain moments in the game where there just wasn't a high level of effort um, from Utah State. But I will say this. Coming out of a bye week, playing against a rival team, It was nice to see BYU with some nice wrinkles in their offense, with some nice play calls, with some different things that were going on um, to take advantage of this Utah State defense that really for the last two weeks uh, has just been uh, just terrible at tackling. I don't know what happened to Utah State. I don't know if there's infighting going on up there. I have no idea. But there was just some things there that were just really frustrating if you're a Utah State fan. And I think there's some things there that you gotta be really excited about. Um, number one, I think this Romney kid has ice in his veins. I mean, for, for a young quarterback that's a walk on, that's playing major division one football, it feels like he hardly has any emotion. He's kind of got and, and look, I know before everyone like like drives their car off the road with this comparison. I'm, I'm talking about a poor man's Joe Montana as far as like his, his mentality and the way he reacts to things and the way he just kind of throws the ball. He's this little skinny kid just throwing the ball around. And, and there's, there's a flash of Joe Montana to me. And I know BYU fans don't like Joe Montana because of the Steve Young King, but there's a, there's just a feel there that, that I really like his mindset and the way that he plays football Obviously, we're we're hoping for the best from Jaron Hall. I thought he played a fantastic game in the first half. I thought he was running the ball, and I thought he was throwing the ball well, and he was taking what the defense was giving him. But, man, there's a, there's a lot of good things going on for BYU, and I, I just, you know, they, they've been so up and down, it's been hard for me to understand what's going on with this team. I mean, the win over USC, and then you lose to Toledo, and you lose to South Florida, and then you turn around and beat Boise State and Utah State, I don't don't even know. It's like like I'm in Forrest Gump or something. This is a a box of chocolates. I never know what I'm going to get, right?
0: Yeah. So I don't know if you can answer this. I certainly don't know how this works, but I suspect it works somehow, and you're in the recruiting thing, so maybe you know about the transferring thing too. But there aren't many schools that have three quarterbacks that look this good. Uh, USC would be the other school in the West that pops to mind. And we know all about the transfer portal, and we know some people recruiting cheat and, for lack of a better word, tampering, which is more of a pro NBA thing. But how much your school is going to come after a school that's got three quarterbacks that play well?
1: Well, the film that all of these guys have right now—I mean, they'd be attractive to whoever. I—I I think for the most part, most teams are fairly respectful of of not tampering. But if you open up that door at all, if if whispers get out from a high school coach like, hey, you know, Romney would be open to play in Arizona State, or you know, he'd be open to play at Arizona, then then I think it, it opens up Pandora's box. But I don't I don't think most of them are actively seeking it. Uh, the question is is you know how how loyal are these guys to the program? How willing are they to wait their turn? Depending on what happens with Zach Wilson when he comes back. And how long he ends up playing for BYU, so that there's a lot of factors that go into this, but I think if any of those quarterbacks were to open the door right now with jaron Hall or Romney, i think I think there'd be definitely people that were interested in that and and the portal has really changed a lot of things and and I think people are trying to fill out the portal right now too because there's a lot of coaches that, like, once you put your name in the portal, you're pretty much not on the team anymore to <laughs> them. And so once you make that decision to go on the portal, you, you better make sure that you have something sort of lined up or that you're pretty sure that you're going to get lined up somewhere because, man, you don't want to put your name on that thing because that's going to cause problems for you on the current team that you're on. You, in other words, you can't put your name in the portal and then come back and say, God, I really made a mistake, coach. I'm really sorry. That's not... That's, that's probably not going to go very well for you.
2: So Gary Anderson is sensitive to this, but I think it's clear, at least from the eye test, from my point of view, Jordan Love isn't playing as well as he did last year. What's going on?
1: Dude, it's, it's, it's been really frustrating for me to watch. Um, uh, and, you know, if BYU had had, had gone with like a, a three-man front and dropped five under and three deep. And that was the first time they'd done it. They hadn't seen it on film. You know. But, but they did that to the USC quarterback. They've done that. They did that to Boise. And I just don't understand why there wasn't, number one, a little bit better of a game plan. Number two, I don't know what's going on with Jordan Love other than that I can tell you this. I, I, I've watched Utah State very closely for the last three games. I watched the Nevada game, the Arizona, excuse me, the Air Force game. And the BYU game, and there is no doubt in my mind <clears throat> that he is pressing way too hard, and I almost feel like and, and and this this might sound weird i don't and I and I know some coaches that have done this in the past. I almost feel like that when he starts making some of those mistakes, like what needs to happen with him is he needs to be benched for a series mm. just just to kind of say, hey like look you're still our guy you're." You're, you're the man here, but we need you to play better football. Why don't you come and stand here on the sideline and just take a look at the speed of the game, take a look at what the defense is doing, and then get back in there and play the football we know you can play. Because if you were to compare last year's Jordan Love to this year's Jordan Love, I mean, it's not even close. If If I were to bet my house before this season, you know, and you said – Jordan Love would have the statistics that he has right now, based on the year that he had last year. I probably would have bet my mortgage on it. Yeah, I, I mean that's how confident I was that he would not play the way that he's playing. And I think, I think yes, I think there's teammates that are that are you know dropping ball. Yeah, I, I think you can do all those things, but I think it's time to take a hard look at, like, what is going on with Jordan Love? If you're pressing too hard, I mean, hey, dude, take the NFL off the table right now, and let's just play for our teammates, right? Take the NFL off your table, and let's just play for personal pride on taking care of the football and playing better football. But to me, especially in the Nevada game when I was watching it, and they won 36-3, to it was a terrible offensive output put by Utah State. All I could think in my head, and then and the announcers in that game kept saying, oh, yeah, and there's... An NFL team every week that's coming in to scout Jordan Love. All I can think in my head is that's all he's thinking about. He's pressing so hard that he wants to make it to the NFL. And I don't know if it's to change his family or to change his livelihood or just you know the goal that all of us wanted when we played to play in the NFL. I don't know what it is, but he is pressing and he is pressing hard. And he needs to just take a step back. And say, hey, I still need to play football for the same reason that I played when I was nine years old, and that's because it's really fun to throw to my buddy a touchdown and celebrate together.
0: So, real quick, we got to go, but I want you to rank these because I think we've, I think everybody in the media has heard these three things: one, Jordan's been hurt; um, the NFL guys on campus; that that's affecting him mentally. Two, new offensive coordinator, that's impacted him. Three, he doesn't have the depth, the quantity and quality of receivers that he was surrounded with last year who helped him look even better. And and I guess four other, maybe there's something else out there. If you had to rank those four real quick, how would you rank them in order of the impact they're having on the offense right now?
1: Almost exactly the way you said it. Number one, I think, is... um is just pressing. There's NFL scouts around. There's lots of talk about it. There's been lots of talk about it since the offseason. Number two to me is is there's players around him that are different. I mean, Tarver and Raymond last year, I mean, those guys could go up and get 50-50 balls, and he threw a lot of 50-50 balls that they came down with. It was one of those years where they just came down with a lot of the plays that they need to make. Scree is a change in offensive coordinator, and I think A little bit of the problem right now with the new offensive coordinator is they're trying to adapt to the style of offense that they played in the past because he did so well in it. And I think that changes the way that the offensive coordinator calls it now. I think you'll see this offense evolve more into um, Sanford's style the further and further we go into the Gary Anderson uh, years. And then, you know, other who knows what the other is, but there's got to be something else going on. But that's the way I'd rank those.
0: All right, Riles, we appreciate it. Thanks for a few minutes, and we will talk to you again next week.
1: I appreciate you guys.